I'm going to offer you some investment advice tonight. Advice you probably won't get from your financial planner or your investment advisor or your stockbroker, if you have one of those. Some of us might have no interest in financial investments, but every day we all make investments of our time and our talents and our resources and we're hoping for some kind of return from those investments, whether we realise it consciously or not. And, and ultimately, I suppose the return we're looking for is happiness. The investment advice I'm going to give you tonight doesn't come from me. It's the wisdom that we find threaded right throughout the scriptures. You may not realise it, but the, the Bible is basically an investment guide that is pointing us towards the investments that will bring us the greatest rewards, the greatest return, the deepest happiness. And one of the key messages that comes through the Word of God is that not all investments yield the same return. The quality of our life is a reflection of what we invest our time, our energy and our resources in. And to illustrate this, I want to share with you a story of two young men named Dan and Vincent. They were best mates and they did lots of things together. They had um, a lot of the same interests, but they had different philosophies of investment. I want to give you a few examples. One day they realised that they both needed to buy a pair of sunglasses. So off they went to their favourite sunglass shop and, and Dan, well, he had a bit of a fashion kind of thing going on. He liked to be admired. So he went straight to the top shelf and he bought a $400 pair of Armani sunglasses, right? felt pretty cool when they were on his face. Vincent also had a fashion sense, right? But he decided to go for the $200 pair, dollar pair of sunnies. They were still good. They still looked good. They still worked, right? But they were half the price. And he, his rationale was that with that extra $200, he was going to transfer that when he got home and put it into what he called his donations account. You see, Vincent had made a commitment to God to give a certain percentage of his income away for, for the mission of the church, for, the, for helping those in need. And initially when he made that commitment, it was quite scary. But Vincent quickly realised that if he avoided excessive spending, like the $400 pair of sunnies, it was quite easily, quite easy for him to be generous to meet that commitment that he made. Dan and Vincent were also both active, hard-working young men. In the mornings, they'd get up, get to the gym, do a big workout, come back, have a nutritious breakfast, and then Dan would go straight to work. You see, he, he thought that, you know, if I get there early, I'll, I'll yield more results, right? He was super focused, super dedicated. Vincent was also a hard worker, but he wouldn't leave the house until he'd first invested some time in his relationship with God. He'd spend 
a bit of time just reflecting on God's word, sitting in God's presence. He knew that that was his most important fuel for the day. And so it was a non-negotiable for him. Dan and Vincent also went to the same church. And initially for them, church was kind of like the service station that Father Chris mentioned last week. They'd go in, they'd fill up, and then they'd head out the door pretty quickly. But over time, Vincent started to kind of get a bit more involved. He attended a few courses. He, um, he started reading at masses. Uh, and then he helped run the young adults group. And, and then eventually he joined a small group himself. Dan and Vincent, they both invested in very similar things. But over, time's Vincent, over time, Vincent's life started to flourish in ways that Dan's didn't. He started to discover a real sense of clarity and purpose in his life. He started to live from a, a deeper confidence and strength and peace. It was noticeable that, that his life was evolving in ways that Dan's wasn't. And there was one key reason why. It's because Vincent invested in God first. They both invested in similar things, but Vincent invested in God first. God was his first priority. Dan was really all about himself, to be honest. Like everything he did was about his own gain. But Vincent made an effort to prioritise God's values. He didn't do it perfectly, but he, he, he did his best to be the person that God felt that he felt God was calling him to be. The reason why I'm so familiar with this story of Dan and Vincent is because uh, I have been both of these guys in my life. This is really my story. Today I want to share with you two key principles that God gives us for wise investment. And the first is that there is only one Reward. There is only one return that ultimately matters when it comes to our investing, and that is our relationship with God. St. Augustine famously said, huh? Lord, we are made for you, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Today, we get another reminder of that in our first reading. Let me give you just a little bit of background. God's people had been in captivity in Egypt for hundreds of years. And during that time in, in that foreign land, they'd lost something of their relationship with their God because they couldn't live freely, right? They couldn't exercise their customs in the same way. And so their relationship with God had been compromised. They were like lost souls. And God's heart was grieving for them. Just like in the gospel today, Jesus is grieving for, for the people who were like sheep without a shepherd. God was grieving for his people in captivity. And so he sends Moses to liberate them. You know the story, huh? Liberates them from Pharaoh, leads them through the Red Sea, he's, and they're on the way to the promised land. You can imagine when they're free, you know, they're, finally they're liberated. And, and, and off they go towards this great promise they must have been dreaming about what was to come, yeah? Finally, we get our own land. We, we, can, um, we can, you know, follow our own customs. We can build our own businesses. 
But as they're on the way and they're dreaming, God intervenes to make it really clear for them what the promised land was really all about. Here's what God says. If you obey my voice, if you hold fast to my covenant, you of all the nations shall be my very own. I will count you a kingdom of priests and a consecrated nation. God's point was that their ultimate reward was not the land itself, but what the land enabled them to realise, which was a whole new level of relationship with their God. God says, I will make you a kingdom of priests. And a priest was someone who was set apart, who who had a a deeper level of connection, of of relationship with God. That's, That's the promise. That was the reward that God had for them. We pray for so many things in life, don't we? And that's, that's good. It's good to give to God our needs, our desires. But what God really wants to give us is himself and nothing less. God knows that when our hearts are aligned with his, it's then that we discover who we truly are. It's then that we awaken to our purpose and our spiritual power. The good news is that if you are baptised, you are already a priest. I've been ordained as a priest, but you too have been anointed as a priest. We talk about the common priesthood of the faithful. You have been set apart to be in a special relationship with God. You already have the ultimate reward. You've been given it. But if you want this reward to come alive in you, You need to learn how to actually live a priestly life. God has made you a priest by his grace, but you need to cooperate with that gift by living a priestly life. Now, what what does it mean to live a priestly life? Well, in the Old Testament, a priest was basically someone who offered sacrifices to God on behalf of God's people. And yes, that, that did include animal sacrifices, right? That, that's what they, they would put them on the altar and they would burn them and they would offer them to God on behalf of the people. But, but ultimately, a priest was invited to sacrifice his life to God for the service of God's people. A priest was someone who made it his daily habit to invest in God first, to serve God first. First, And that is the second key principle for investment that we find in the Bible. To invest in God first. Whenever a priest put God first, whenever he offered sacrifice, he would command a blessing from God upon himself and upon others. And, and we see this most clearly, most obviously, in the life of Jesus. His whole life was poured out as an offering to God. And because of that, because he was so generous in in giving himself to God, in putting God first, the whole world has forever been changed. 
The greatest investor in the world is not Warren Buffett. It's Jesus. It's 2,000 years later, his investments continue to pay dividends. They continue to enrich the world and have enriched every one of our lives. So let's follow his principles for investment before Warren Buffett's, huh? To live a priestly life means acknowledging that my life, everything I have, doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. We heard that coming out in the psalm today, huh? Know that he, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are the sheep of his flock. We are created to give him glory. To be a priest means using my best assets, my time, my talents, my resources to serve God and God's people. However, I feel God is calling me to do that. The truth is that we rarely put God first, right? Sometimes we put him second or third. And perhaps at times we put God last. Rather than um, giving to God from our substance, from, from, from our best, we give God from our surplus, don't we? We give God our scraps, what's left over. We pray if we have some spare time. And often that's at the end of the day when our time is pretty sleepy. <laughs> Rather than putting mass first, we fit all our other priorities and commitments around Mass, yeah? Rather than giving God first, prioritising our finances to give to God first, we, we, um, we buy everything else we want and then we give to God what we have left over, what, what we're comfortable in giving God, what, what won't, we won't notice if it's not there. We give ourselves in service when it works for us, when we feel like it, when it makes us look good. But the wisdom of God is to do the opposite, to put God first. Jesus said it today in the gospel. You received without charge. Everything you have is God's gift to you. Your talents, your opportunities, the fact that you were born here in Australia in this time, your capacity to earn money, everything you have is God's gift to you. You've been given without charge, so give without charge. Give liberally. Give like God. Be like God is what Jesus is saying. Yes, receive 100%, but give 100%. Give everything according to how God is calling you. Be generous. That's how you know you're really trusting in God, huh? When you're giving to God first the things that are most precious to you. I wonder what, it happened, what would happen in our lives and happen in this parish if we were really serious about these two kingdom principles for investing. I know a number of us are already, but I wonder if more of us really embraced this philosophy for investing. It would be next level, I promise you.
our lives would go to would be abundant in, in, in a whole new way. Our, our impact as a parish would be would would, would be um, significant, significantly more than it already is. It's not rocket science. Anyone can do it. It just involves thinking of some ways that you can put God first. Ways that you can put a priority on what God values and then watch how that impacts your life. I want to encourage you this week to think and pray about how you can do this. What are some ways that you can put God first? In a particular way, though, I want you to pray about your financial giving. Last week I mentioned in the, in the bulletin that um, we're going to have a stewardship renewal weekend. We're going to have it this weekend, but we've, we've moved it back for another week or two. I want you to pray about how God is inviting you to steward the finances that he has entrusted to you to help advance the mission of his church and to bring hope and life to the world like only the church can? What would it look like to give to God from your substance rather than your surplus? Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.